Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 323. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening once again. Thank you for downloading. First time listeners, we're glad you found us. We hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Apple's iPhone XR goes on sale. The Messenger app gets a revamp and is even easier to use. And the Australian app that can help people living with memory loss. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Epson Fast Photo Scanner, the Google Home Hub Smart Speaker, and HP has unveiled its sleek new Spectre laptop range. And we'll wrap it up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A huge show, so we're going to jump straight in. Apple's latest iPhone, the iPhone XR, is now on sale. It went on sale in Australia on Friday, the first place in the world. The first Apple stores in the world that sold it. It actually went on sale. For those who are going to be sticklers here, for the, it went on sale uh, before Australia in New Zealand, but it did not bar, go on sale in any Apple stores because there are no Apple stores in New Zealand. But in Australia, the first sales at an Apple store in the world were in on the east coast of Australia. And I was there for the – I normally go down when the iPhone goes on sale because there's usually a lot of crowds, a lot of cheering, a lot of clapping – and I went down there expecting to see the same at the iPhone XR launch, but the crowd stayed away. There wasn't a big crowd there. I, I turned up, the, the store opened at 8 a.m. I turned up at about quarter past seven just to catch all the excitement, and there was not a single person waiting outside the Apple store. By about 7.30, there was one person on the walk-in line, which is to on the right-hand side when you're looking at the store. And then the line for the pre-order pickups was actually longer. So I shot a video, as I always do uh, for an iPhone launch. When uh, So this time when the iPhone XR went on sale, I did the same. I just shot another video. And from my video, you can actually count the number of people when the store doors opened at 8 a.m., there were 16 people in the line. There were 12 people in the pre-order pickup line and only four walk-ins. So it was, is it disappointing? I, I, I'm not going to say it is because there would have been a ton of pre-orders for this device and a lot of people walking in throughout the day and all weekend buying the phone because this is the device that is slightly cheaper than the iPhone XS and the XS Max this is the device that is actually the in-between device, I like to call it, because the XS Max is 6.5-inch, the XS is 5.8-inch. 
This is 6.1 inch. It's in the middle. It's uh, the Goldilocks phone. Not too big, not too small, just right. So this is the device that is not only has that nice size screen, it's also available in colours. It comes in six colours, as a matter of fact. It's There's yellow, red, blue, white, black, and coral, which is like a pinky colour. And uh, they all look great. The, the the glass on the back is really, really deep and resin, really deep and shiny. And the the screen on the front, so when you turn on the phone for the first time, the wallpapers match the color of the phone. There are different, you can change that, of course, but out of the box, that's what you get. Sort of that little bit of attention to detail. The device has the same A12 Bionic processor as the 10s and the 10s Max has the same Face ID, has a lot of the same features, doesn't have the OLED screen. It's got an LCD screen, so it's got slightly thicker bezels on, on, the, on the front. Does uh, only has one lens uh, through uh, on the back, so it's the it's the wide-angle lens. It doesn't include both lenses that are included on the 10s Max. So it still takes great pictures, just not as good as the 10s. Uh, and it is available in colours, as I already mentioned. Has similarly no headphone jack. You've got the lightning port. Has a. You can still take portrait images through this device. It sort of still offers you that uh, the ability to not only take your photos with take photos of people with portrait in portrait mode, and also then adjust the level of blur in the background. An interesting fact, though, the 10R won't take portrait shots of anything but people. So I, with for my 10s review, I actually took photos of my two Dalmatians, and the portrait mode worked brilliantly. But apparently that is not possible with the 10R for some reason. We'll only recognise people. So the because it has, oh, has one lens, so the 10s Max has got two, can handle it. For some reason, this is even though it's only got one lens, it can do people, but not not pets. So a uh, little disappointing if you're a pet owner, you want to take some lovely photos of your of your your pets, your dog, your cat, whatever you want to take a photo of. You can't do it with the 10R. I will. I understand there is an app that they're going to release though that will allow some developer to, that will release an app that will allow you to take portrait shots of non-humans. This isn't a deal breaker by any means, but I'm just bringing it up in case anyone out there wants to take photos of their pets and portrait shots of your pets look amazing. And if you look, take a look on Tech Guide, the ten, my 10s Max review, you can see those portrait shots I took of my pets. And anyone who follows me on Instagram will see them as well. They do look amazing. Just won't be happening with the 10R. But a lot of other things will. Uh, the camera is still high quality, and uh, it does have everything you'd expect: iOS 12, all those other features. So the same processor again. That's really important. You got the same Face ID as well. So it's got a similar setup to the 10s. There's no home button. All screen. Just got an LCD screen instead of the OLED screen. Slightly inferior camera. And uh, it has virtually everything else that you'd expect. And also comes in colors. So uh, really interesting there. But the fact that, that not a lot of people turned up at the store, uh, a lot of people are, uh, a lot of Apple haters are saying, oh, you know, it's a, it's it's the end of the line. There's no one, no, there'll be no more lines now for iPhone launches. Well, I doubt that. There, there probably will be in the future. But I'd say there was a very strong pre-order for this device. There would have been a lot of people who decided to jump online rather than have it come down to the store. If you pre-order it, it's going to be delivered to your doorstep on the morning of launch day. So you could have stayed at home and the courier would have delivered your phone to your door. So why come to the store? 
in the past I've asked that question of all the when when there've been massive crowds I've asked the question of people when yes you could have pre-ordered this but why are you here? And the answer was usually that they wanted to feel a part of the event. They they felt it was an event, an occasion. They wanted to feel part of it and be with like-minded people in the line, which is their, which is fair enough in their choice, and uh, they can do what they want to do. This time, uh, those people didn't turn up. I think they decided to pre-order instead. Now, for anyone who's got the iPhone 10, which was released a year ago. I doubt whether you will want to update to this phone. It is uh, probably going to appeal to those users who are coming off a contract. If you've got a two-year contract, you might be rocking an iPhone 7 or possibly an iPhone 6S, and this would be a huge jump for you when you're starting a new contract. This is slightly cheaper, by the way, too. starts at 1229 bucks, so slightly cheaper deal you're getting there. But uh, and, but for anyone who's coming from a seven six S, they're they're gonna they're gonna be all over this. So uh, they're, they're coming off contracts and they'll be able to appreciate the difference having not used the ten last year because they were still under contract with their existing device. So this is what uh, probably going to appeal. And, and of course, for those who can't afford the ten S and the ten S Max, these aren't cheap. the The ten S starts at sixteen hundred and twenty nine bucks. The most expensive 10s Max is the the the, the 10s Max with 512 gig of data is 2,000 512 gig of storage I should say 2,369 dollars. The iPhone 10R is more affordable, although not you couldn't exactly call it cheap. Pricing for the 10R is 1229 for the 64 gig, 1299 for the 128 gig, and 1479 for the 256 gig. So it puts it sort of in the the Galaxy S9 territory and amongst a lot of other flagship devices. The iPhone XS Max, of course, is uh, a bit more expensive. This has the colour-coded anodized aluminium. So whatever colour you've got on the back is the colour on the on the on the outside on the aluminium uh, edges are going to match what's on the back or almost match it. The aluminium version, anyway, but. Really nice colours there. I'll be curious to hear what the most popular colours are. Uh, I've got the black at the moment, and I've only had it a day or so. So uh, my first impressions are that it is really you can feel the quality in your hands. The camera takes amazing images. The screen is still sharp, despite not being an an OLED screen like the 10s. And I've been using the 10s as well. I can't really tell the difference that clearly. I think there's some subtle differences for sure, but uh, you're still getting a quality screen with that LCD, uh, and, and also no home button. 6.1 inches of screen looks pretty nice to me. Stay tuned. We're going to be giving you our full uh, review on Tech Guide later this week. But in the meantime, we've written about the 10s. Sorry, the 10R launch. You can see the photos of the of the queue or what was the one person standing in line, uh, as well as watching our video. Uh, the first customer was actually a, a woman who lined up to buy it for her husband for her birthday, which was really nice of her. Her name is Rosa Vanderpol. She's from Bankstown in Sydney, and she was the first person in line. They normally they find the first person and get them to pose for photographs, and she said she lined up and bought it for her husband as a birthday present, which is really nice of her. You want to read our story? You can watch our video and see Rosa Vanderpol, the first customer holding her iPhone. You know where to go, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. 
the Messenger app. I'm sure you've used it at some point. You might be using it right now while you're listening to the podcast. Uh, it is a very popular app. It's used by 1.3 billion people around the world. So that would classify it as popular in my books. That's a lot of people who use it. And it is owned by Facebook, of course. It's, uh, they call it, I like how they don't call it Facebook Messenger anymore. They just call it Messenger. They want it to stand on its own. This is the fourth version of Messenger, so they're calling it Messenger 4. And it has had a solid redesign, solid revamp, uh, renovation, whatever you want to call whatever word starting with R you want to come up with there. It has changed. Brand new, simpler version of Messenger. And the design's changed, but also there's a lot of the few new features, but also it has been streamlined somewhat. An example of how much it's been streamlined, there have uh, it's gone from having nine tabs to having just three. The three being chat, people, and discover. So chats is obviously where your chats are located, so you can pick them up at any time, whether they're text chats, voice chats, video chats. And during the chats, you can also start up various things, change colors and have a bit of fun. And you can also share pictures and video, all of that. Camera's right there if you need to use it. And that is the chat tab. Moving along to people, and naturally, that's where you find all your contacts, find all the stories, find out if they're online, and this is where you want to pick those people. You want to have maybe a group chat. You pick them all out from that list, and you can see where their status. Are they online? Have they shared a story? All in front of you. And then there's the Discover tab. This is where you see various featured stories, featured deals. So there's some shopping you can do. It's You can follow the news, connect with different businesses, get the latest deals. Deals are important and so much more. It is uh, for, for anyone who thinks this is just a messaging app, uh, there is so much more to it than that, I have to tell you. So uh, there's even a new dark mode. You know how messages always got that white background? Depending on when you're using it, it can be a bit glary, especially if you're using it at night. Now there is a dark mode, so you can reskin the interface and turn the white and bright background into a lovely darker shade. Cut down that glare from your phone. That will do the trick. Messenger app, uh, it's rolling out around the world. It isn't just one big update that's gone to everyone at the same time. They're staggering this around the world. Not sure whether Australia has hit it yet, although I'd stand I'd stand to be corrected if uh, you've already got yours. I've checked uh, and I haven't been updated on mine. I use Messenger a fair bit, not not as much as many other people, but it is there and it is useful and is now even simpler and now looks even nicer. You want to take a look at the new look and simplified Messenger? You know where to go, techguide.com.au. On to another app now. This is a little bit more serious, this app, and, and serious but useful. It could be really, can really help people who are living with memory loss, and there are lots of people in Australia suffering from dementia, from Alzheimer's. So there's a lot of people who can use some help, and they, they, they do. They're, they're carers, uh, whether it's their family or, or someone who's just a professional carer. Uh, communicating with people suffering memory loss can be frustrating and not only to the carer but also to the person being cared for, the person with the memory loss. So there's been a, an Australian app designed. It's called Memory Helper, and this will allow people living with memory loss 
they can be assisted from anywhere in the world so they can catch up on things and receive reminders, receive messages, uh, be reminded or have, have reminders of their diary events. So it, it, it's a pretty simple app, but it allows that sort of one-on-one control that allows you to say you're caring, you've you got a loved one who may live by themselves or it might be your dad or your mum or your grandmother or grandfather, and you can uh, install the app on their device, their tablet, or you can actually buy a tablet from Memory Help, but they've got a, they've got a tablet. They've also got a stand, so they can it's a viewing stand, so you can see it really easily. Uh, otherwise, it can be, I'm pretty sure, installed on their, their iPad if they, have a, if they have an iPad. And what happens is the carer can remotely provide reminders. So, for example, they, it might, the day might start and uh, the person with the memory loss gets up and they're on their screen that's visible to them at a glance, they'll see a reminder about today's events. It might say, look, you need to shower and shave first of all. Uh, you're, you've got a, a your daughter Judy is coming to see you at 10 a.m. You've got a doctor's appointment at at 1 p.m. Don't forget to take your pills and drink plenty of water throughout the day. That's just an example of what it can do. So it gives you those diary reminders. So at a glance, they can see what they've done, check them off the list if they have to, remind them about doctor's appointments and things like that. So you can give them the other messages and reminders, like don't forget to drink a lot of water, you need to take your tablets, drink plenty of water when you're doing it. Or you might want to just send a simple message. You might say, hey, Dad, hope you're feeling okay. Uh, Talk to you soon. And they can read that straight up. And so rather than there not being uh, this assisting app, the situation would be that you need to call them or be there in person and remind them, okay, you've got a doctor's appointment at one, you need to have a shower and a shave, you need to take drink a lot of water. Providing that information is you need to do it in person. And uh, a carer, even if you're a full-time carer, that's a hard job. But even if you're a part-time carer, uh, that is also difficult. So having an app like this can really sort of reduce the carer's burden. But at the same time, eases the sort of the feelings of confusion and frustration and isolation uh, through its reminders to the to the the people who are suffering the memory loss so really reduces the need for that repeated communication and they can still remember their important day-to-day tasks and keep them up to date with everything they need to know Memory Helper, as I said, was developed in Australia and really is a, a handy app that can provide peace of mind and also the assurance that both the caregiver and the receiver are hearing, uh, getting the information they need. So it really helps. Uh, Memory Helper is a free download available for a seven-day free trial. So it works through the Apple Store or you can download it from the Google Play Store. But the service after the free trial, it is a service after all. It's nine ninety nine per month, and that is not without any. That's without any locking, no locking contracts. Can be cancelled at any time. And as I mentioned, Memory Helper also sells tablets. Hundred ninety nine bucks for a tablet, and a viewing stand is fifteen dollars. So they can position this ta- tablet they buy from Memory Helper or their own iPad on this little stand. So it's positioned so they can see it beside their bed or on their desk or wherever they happen to be on the kitchen bench. It's there for them whenever they need it to look at. And if they have their incoming messages, it pops up on the screen, and it's all there, all that information they need. 
The Memory Helper app, and proudly Australian too. Well done, the developers of Memory Helper. If you want to read more about that, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, that company that can keep you and your family safe online. You probably have antiviruses on your computers and tablets, but did you know that your router could be letting hackers into your home? The router is the heart of the connected home, but can also provide an entry point for hackers to attack anything that's connected to your network, to infect your devices, steal your information, and even spy on your home. And unfortunately, just password protecting your router won't block these threats. Introducing Norton Core. It's a smart and more secure Wi-Fi router that delivers speed and security all in one. Norton Core delivers next-gen Wi-Fi speeds to every corner of your home while helping to protect all of your connected devices. Things like your computers, your phones, smart TVs, baby monitors, gaming consoles, smart speakers, and more, all protected from digital threats by helping to block them at the network level. With built-in parental controls, Norton Core also lets you set screen time limits by device or user, set content filters, and even pause the internet across your home, all from an easy-to-use smartphone app. Norton Core, the smart, more secure Wi-Fi router, is available now at your local Harvey Norman store. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. Tech Guide. All righty, our reviews this week. We're going to kick it off with a product we spoke about, oh, about two to three weeks ago. It was, uh, we just announced it had been, it had been released. Uh, but we finally got our hands on it to, for a review, and we're talking about the Epson Fast Photo. This is the model number is actually the FF680W, but we like to call it the Epson Fast Photo because that's exactly what it does, fast scanning of your photos. So if you've got lots of photo albums under the stairs or wherever they happen to be, under the bed, in a box, this is the device that can digitize them archive them and preserve them because let's face it and i've already been told by my wife that if there's a fire that i'm to make sure to get the photo albums from under the stairs of course i'll make sure my family is safe first but i will risk my safety to get those photo albums because they've got precious memories and have photos of our children when they were babies and when they grew up and when until before we had digital cameras so uh, they are the only record of those of those photos because, as I said, digital cameras weren't around then. My children, my eldest is 23 now, so you uh, can see where I'm coming from. I'm sure you would have the odd photo album lying around, stored somewhere safely, and this is a device that will allow you to scan them really quickly. Now, for my review, this is what I did. I grabbed an album. In that album was... There were 342 pictures. So that took, would you believe, less than an hour to scan. Less than half an hour, actually, to scan. So 342 images. This, uh, so it was an entire photo album. So the album had 114 pages. And on every page, you could fit three pictures. And then uh, on the side, there was room to write something, which, which we did. Uh, so what we did, I took 36 photos at a time. That's the maximum number of images you can run through the fast photo at any given time. 
So these are six by four photos. So typical size you'd get, you'd get processed, put them in a photo album. So I've got 36 of them at a time. And they scanned through at a second apiece. It took one second to scan a photo. So you put them in the top, this device looks like a printer. So unlike a regular scanner, which is like a flatbed scanning one at a time, it's really, really time-consuming. This does it. So you put the photos in the top like you feed paper into a printer. So instead of feeding paper into a printer, you're putting your photos up the top. When you press scan, they run through the scanner and pop out the bottom. And as I said, a second each. So 36 images took, guess what, 36 seconds. So what we when I scanned them in, I gave them back put them back in the album, took the next 36 out, and did it again. So each time, 36 seconds. Now, the software that's included allows you to label your images. So you can, the batch that you got, say the batch of 36 might be from the same album, the same, however you want to label them, it asks for a year, it asks for a location, and asks for a date. So great way of when you're looking at it at a glance it you can see the name of who's in the pictures where it is and when it was taken really easy and great way to organize your images the software allows you to put it on your computer in a file or allows you to go straight to the cloud so you might have google drive OneDrive, uh, or all the others dropbox you'll be able to save it directly to the cloud and or save it in the cloud so you can save it on the computer and the cloud if you want to to have a an archive anywhere so really easy to use setup uh you need to sort of go through the steps the uh, i connected it both ways through usb is also a wireless connection so there is a wps button which is wi-fi protected scan i think that stands for uh that way it allows you to uh pair the device the epson fast photo with your router so rather than you having to type in passwords, you press one button, Wi-Fi protected setup, it stands for. So you press the WPS button on the print on the uh, the scanner, and the other, you press the same button on your router, and it connects them. They sort of pairs, it almost like Bluetooth, but it's Wi-Fi. Now, if you uh, do have a computer in the mix, make sure that is on the same network as well. So then you can access the printer uh, remotely, hits the start scanning, and then it'll post those photos. Uh, it'll put the photos in the on the computer that's on the same network as both the router and the and the scanner. Really easy to do. It gives you the option too of it, it auto enhances, so it removes red eye, restores faded colours. Uh, and you can either keep you can keep a second uh, copy of the enhanced image and leave one which is the undisturbed directly scanned image. You can have means two of everything. I chose to have just keep the second copy of the photo, uh, the, the the directly enhanced image. So rather than having sorry two copies, I didn't keep the second copy. I said one copy enhanced. That's all I need because I got the original photos. If I need to scan it again, so. That was what I did, and it came up a treat. You can even see on my review, there's some pictures of me holding my now 23-year-old daughter. You can see even, you know, remember the old photos, you have the timestamp on the side? There's one there, I'm holding my three-month-old daughter, uh, 28th of May, 1995. She's now 23, but she was a cute little bub there. There's also a photo of her surrounded by her teddy bears, taken in the same year. There was one taken a couple of years later when her little brother turned up, that's back in 1997. He's now 21. And there's a cute little photo of them two together as well. She was three. Oh, she was two and a half. He was about six months. 
but a pretty cute photo nonetheless. But now it's digital. Now it's accessible. I can email that to family, friends, put it on social media, uh, put it up in the cloud. It's saved up there now. So in this, God forbid, this fire ever happens, I can just run for my life and make sure my family's safe. The photo albums, if they burn, I've got a digital copy. But God forbid, like I said, that'll ever happen. But it just gives you peace of mind that you can scan these really, really easily. That's one reason I hadn't done it yet, because it was bloody hard. I've got a scanner here. I could put six photos on the flatbed and try to try to then crop them into different photos. It would have taken ages. This thing is really fast, offers great quality. You can choose the quality you want to scan them in. You can choose 300 DPI, so it's a smaller file, easy to share on social media. The 600 DPI, DPI, by the way, is dots per inch. Uh, and there's also 1,200 DPI, so you may want to enlarge the photo that you've scanned. So say, for example, I've got my 6x4. I scanned it in at 1,200 DPI. I might be able to get an 8x10 out of that if I print it. So gives you the option. Uh, you can also, though, it doesn't stop at photographs. You can also scan in documents. So say you've got a, a will or a contract or a deed to your house. All these things you can scan in, things like postcards, birthday cards even. Scan them in. There might be a lovely message that uh, a loved one wrote on a birthday card. Scan that in. You can do that really easily. It takes all kinds of shapes and sizes up to A4 size. So you can put these through the Epson Fast Photo Scanner and have a digital copy of everything that you need. Setup was good. I think the uh, the setup could have been a little less clunky. It could have been made a little bit easier. Bigger pictures, better explanations, bigger words, bigger text on there. could have been made a little bit simpler. But uh, definitely not a deal breaker, worth going through and setting it up properly. And the result, though, is is remarkable. Now, this is a, isn't a cheap product. It's $799. And it is small enough, actually, to pack away. You don't have to have it set up all the time like a printer. So it's a sort of product where you can, when you finish scanning, you can put it away. You don't have to have it out in the open all the time. It's got a small footprint anyway, but it's one of those devices that you can pull it out when you need it. 799 though, small price to pay when you consider all the precious memories you are digitizing and preserving potentially forever. And what I'd suggest is that if you're a family, maybe you got your, your siblings that might want to split it or uh, you, you can share the cost and then use it when you need it. So, you know, the, the brother might use it one week, the sister might use it another week, and, and you can all go nuts. So maybe, you know, putting in, uh, sending the hat around and buying one for the family maybe rather than buying one just for yourself. It would lower the cost. And as I said, you don't need to have it set up all the time. Only when you need to do a, a big bunch of scanning, you could do it. If you've got a few albums, you could get it all done in the morning. Or an afternoon, depending on when you want to start. But it is really fast, really easy. Quality is great. Uh, and you can see from these scans that I've included on my story, it's really easy and those memories are worth preserving. The Epson FF680W, otherwise known as the Fast Photo, $799. And our full review is at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Next up, we're talking smart speakers, but not just any old smart speaker. Smart speakers nowadays have screens. Uh, we did speak about the Echo Show a few weeks back, but the latest to hit the scene is the Google Home Hub. This is the uh, Google Home. We, we've seen the speakers around. Uh, there's a lot of those around, a lot of Google uh, Assistant embedded in other speakers as well. Uh, 
But here's a Google original. It's the Google Home Hub, but it has a screen, a seven-inch screen, as a matter of fact, seven-inch display that uh, looks really sharp. I, I don't know the exact resolution, but I'd say at least it's 720p. It looks really nice. Seven inches uh, can is big enough for you to sit on your bedside table, big enough to sit on your kitchen bench to give you maybe recipe ideas, big enough to sit on a desk just to be a really handy tool to have at your disposal. But having that screen, though, really adds to the capabilities and the possibilities. It uh, allows you, gives a visual element to what you're doing. Uh, and allows you then to see things, not just hear things. So if you want to hear about uh, your commute, it might show you a map. If you want to hear, if you want to see what's on your shopping list, it'll show you the shopping list rather than just read it out. Uh, it'll give you all, all of that information. It'll ask you. You can ask it to watch YouTube videos and show you your Google Photos. So it's a it's a glorified uh, it's glorified smart smart photo frame as well. So it can display, it can be your wallpaper if you want to have just classic photos or your favorite photos or your recent photos from your holiday going through. But uh, design-wise, it's got that 7-inch screen that I mentioned. It's got the speakers built in the back. And uh, there is uh, no camera on board this time, the Google Home Hub. The others have it. The Echo Show's got a camera because it allows you to drop in on other Echo Show and Echo Echo uh, Spot customers and users so maybe you give a loved one an echo spot you got a show or a spot yourself you can drop in on each other and do like a little instant video call google hasn't gone down that path this with this one and the reason it gives is that it decided that uh, it didn't want to uh, offer a camera on a product that could be used in private areas including the bedroom it uh, didn't didn't want to uh, offer that which is fair enough not everyone would use the camera but uh, it does have, where the camera would be located, it does have a light sensor, which works really well. When the light is dark, or say you want to use it as your bedside ta- on your bedside table, and you turn the lights out, the screen fades to black as well, because there's no light. It's not going to be this massive bright light next to your bed. When that happens in the dark, all you see is the time. So it turns it into an alarm clock. Really handy and, again, not going to blind you with brightness. You can turn the brightness up manually through the, the the physical keys on the back of the screen, but the sensor does a great job of suiting the room it's in based on how much light is available. So very, very handy. Now, uh, when it is in ambient mode, as I said, you can have your slideshow of your favorite photos. You can even look, have artwork or nice photography on there as well. Uh, you, you can see things like the time and the temperature uh, also, but the limits to what you can do with this thing, uh, there there is no limit. There's so many things you can ask for. You want to see your trailers. You want to see your security cameras. You want to send a message to a Google speaker upstairs. You can do all of that, and it's really handy, and, and there's always ways. You can even ask it, what, what can you do, and it'll tell you the new things. It'll discover what devices are on your network that can be also integrated into the Home Hub. Really cool. Now, it is a speaker, of course, and don't forget you that that's where all the sound comes from. Uh, it's covered with this uh, this mesh material on the back. Uh, and uh, I have to say, music-wise, not the best quality you're getting there. If, if, if music is the primary reason you're buying this product, I would look elsewhere. 
it's about on par with the Google Home. The Google Home speaker was handy, but as a music speaker, it did have its shortcomings. This, I feel, is the same. It's handy if you maybe just want to have some background music or watch some YouTube, have some audio from your YouTube. Uh, but if music is the primary reason you're buying this, there are other choices with larger sound and just better quality. Not to say this is terrible, but uh, it's good, not great, is as polite as I can be. But uh, still a handy device, though, really special, can give you your upcoming calendar appointments, tell you if there's going to be traffic, show you photos of whatever you ask for. Uh, so really worth having around. One of those smart devices that you'll use, once you start using it, it'll it'll become second nature and you'll discover more things to do with it. It'll become uh, literally your assistant and show you what you want, tell you what you need to know, keep you informed, and also, of course, control other appliances. So if you have a routine set up there where you might have some smart switches in your home and compatible products, you might set a routine. You might say, oh, good morning, and that'll trigger the lights to turn on, your favorite radio station to come to be brought on, uh, show you information about your commute or your appointments for the day, and you can do it in reverse at night. You might say good night, and then the lights go out, everything turns off, and you're good as gold. So whatever scenario you want to dream up, it's possible to do that through the Google home hub and you just got to say those magic words hey and you know what the next word is i don't want to have all your speakers going off at the same time here uh hey gee let's just say so uh handy thing it can be your news device entertainment device uh keep you informed help you do things uh help you find recipes imagine if you're if you like cooking and experimenting with different recipes you can just ask it show me a recipe for lamingtons and then you can work through it without having to touch it because you might have your hands uh, you'll be elbow deep in ingredients, so this can help you get things done hands-free, which is really helpful. The Google Home Hub, it's available now. It's priced at $219, which is pretty decent value. If you want to see our complete review, you know where to head to, techguide.com.au. Now, HP, uh, they've released a, an amazing new range of laptops and not just any laptops these are pretty stylish premium laptops there's a range that is heading our way they're available through Harvey Norman and various other outlets but Harvey's actually have their very own version of the HP uh, laptops there there is a model that is only available through Harvey Norman and in fact uh, Katie Page who's the Harvey Norman CEO she helped design their exclusive laptop as well so the hp i think the she was saying the australian the ceo of hp worldwide is an australian so uh there's a nice connection there but uh these new laptops are pretty special they're made of a pretty amazing material as well there are there there's one called the the folio which is actually bound in leather would you believe so this is when you open up when you the window's closed and you're just looking at it it looks like a like a leather folder someone would carry into a meeting. But then when you open it up, you'll think, holy hell, there's a screen in here and there's a keyboard in here and it's magical, it's beautiful, it's thin and light. So uh, it is one of those products. It's kind of it's a lifestyle product and it's sort of got to look the part. It's got to have the power when you need it uh, and and just, just look gorgeous as they do. And the, the, the leather is my favourite. It's really, really nice. That's the Spectre Folio 13. Uh, price hasn't been announced yet, but it is beautifully designed, crafted from 100% genuine leather, so and has all the high-end features you'd expect from a laptop. 
So just because it looks nice doesn't mean it hasn't got the grunt you need. So uh, really special. And there's all various modes. It's got the fanless design, micro-edge display, edge-to-edge keyboard. You can move the screen forward so that it sort of comes over the top of the keyboard and all you see is the trackpad of the screen. Maybe great if you're on a plane. Uh, can be used in tablet mode as well and, of course, in laptop mode. It's got HP quad speakers on board with Bang & Olufsen Audio Boost on board. So looks nice, sounds nice as well. The uh, the Spectre X360, there's the 15-inch and the 13-inch versions. You can choose on the 13 to have either a 4K or a full HD screen. I think the 15, you only get the 4K. It's a touchscreen as well. There's also 4G SIM cards built in. So if it's got an eSIM on board and also room for a physical SIM, so rather than having to carry a mobile broadband a dongle or a little a little modem, a mo- travel modem, you can have the SIM card in the device and you can then connect directly through like you would with your phone, I guess. So really handy, the 4G LTE dual eSIM as well as a physical SIM slot. It is amazing. There's also their Elite Book X360, sort of more your, your workhorse of the bunch. Also has the uh, optional 4G LTE connectivity. 14-inch display can be configured up to 32 gig of RAM and 2 terabytes of storage. Plenty to work with right there. Now, one thing they also pride themselves on is their battery life. The HP Spectre X360 has up to 22.5 hours of battery. Amazing. That's enough for a whole trip. If you fly to London, that's enough for the whole trip. The Spectrefolio, similar uh, similar battery life there, 21 hours, so not too far behind. Uh, really, really nice. And look, these this range, they're not cheap. The HP, the X360 13-inch starts at $2,199. The X360 15-inch starts from $3,599. The Spectrefolio, price TBA, but if it's under two thousand, uh, I'd say that's a bargain. The uh, the other the Pavilion, sorry, the Elite Book X three sixty ten forty G five. That's also from two thousand nine hundred and thirty. I'll go back the folio. If it's under three thousand, it'll be a good price. But keep an eye out for that. Look, you, you you get what you pay for. This is quality all the way. Once you see this, the first thing you'll say is, "Wow, it is an amazing laptop." That when you first look at it, you will not think is even a laptop. Also got all the ports you'd expect. It's got the uh, the Thunderbolts, uh, which is USB-C shaped, but they're also Thunderbolt capable, so they provide power, data, plenty of speed there. And look great, sound great, and a price great as well if you've got the money. Well worth it if you uh, like to have a premium experience on the move. The HP range, if you want to check them out, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, that's the company behind Orbi, the award-winning system that makes your Wi-Fi faster and takes your Wi-Fi further. Orbi Wi-Fi systems are designed for any size home, large or small, from apartments and lofts to single-family homes and sprawling estates. No more dead zones, no black spots, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. And for those times when you need a little more, Orbi add-on satellites gives you additional coverage inside and out. So that's perfect for backyards, garages, or even the granny flat. 
In today's modern household, Orbeez tri-band Wi-Fi system lets you stream your favourite movies in 4K and play online games by providing ultra-fast Wi-Fi no matter how many devices are connected. Orbeez plugs into your existing modem and is really easy to set up with just a couple of clicks. And not only does it work great, it also looks great too and blends into your home's decor. Orbeez the easiest, fastest, most expansive and most advanced mesh Wi-Fi network available today. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbe, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. For the Tech Guide Help Desk this week, I thought I'd provide some tips about your computer and what to do if that said computer has slowed down. Have you noticed that about your computer, your laptop, your desktop? Has it slowed down? Have you had it a few years and it just doesn't have the zip that it used to? Well, that's not uncommon, and the good news is you can fix it and also fix it affordably. So you don't need to buy a new computer. You just need to upgrade some of the parts on board. And don't worry, it's really easy to do. There's two things we're going to talk about here, memory and storage. No, they're not the same thing. Memory is what runs your computer. RAM, it's also called DRAM sometimes as well. What I call your computer's short-term memory. So RAM, this sort of memory is what keeps the, what moves the mouse. What When you move the mouse, when you open an application, when you switch between applications, that's using memory. So the, the speed of your computer is deeply affected by how much memory you have or how much memory you don't have. So that's really easy to up the amount of RAM that you've got on your computer. Now, three years ago when you purchased your computer, you thought, ah, that's okay, 8 gig of RAM or 4 gig of RAM should be fine. Now uh, it's not because your applications are getting faster. You're updating them pretty easily. They're using more space. They're becoming more capable, but the computers may be struggling to keep up. So to speed up your computer, you can start by adding memory, also known as RAM, which is short for Random Access Memory, and as I've said in my story on Tech Guide, memory is like money because you can never have too much and it just makes life easier. So add more memory, you'll notice straight away files and applications open faster, it'll have an immediate effect. So you'll even be able to have more applications open at the same time, move between them even faster, your computer will be zippier than ever. And when you think about it, you buy a computer not to have it for a year or two years like a phone. You buy to have it for three, four, perhaps even five years. And if you can afford to buy a new one after two years, then good luck to you. But if you want to hang on to it, maybe spend a little bit of money to make it faster. That's the the more economical option for sure. Now, we've talked about memory, storage is exactly what it sounds like. It's where you store stuff. So what, what we used to call the hard drive on your computer, which is kind of what you've still got. On If your computer's two, three, four years old and you didn't opt for SSD, which is solid state drive, you've got a hard disk on your computer. And a hard disk is this old technology, this really high-speed platter that uh, this little needle moves across it, retrieves your information, a lot of moving parts. If anyone's ever dropped a laptop with a hard drive on board uh, and then find, found it a little bit, uh, a little bit jerky after that, that's because you've probably damaged the hard drive. Well, with, a, with an SSD, which is solid-state drive, 
there are hardly any moving parts. In fact, the, the drive is like a massive memory card. So it's not only faster, it's, it's less chance of you, uh, of, of anything going wrong with it. Uh, because if it's it doesn't have a highly a high speed spinning disk in the middle of it, so SSD accessing information from SSD is f- even faster as well. So yeah, you got your memory, but you need an SSD to really speed things up. And the good news is you can hook out your old hard drive, you know, save the content uh, somewhere, and then p- pop in an SSD. It will outperform your previous hard drive like a Ferrari would outperform a go kart. So worth doing. So on average, SSDs outperform hard drives by up to six times. So SSD six times faster than a hard drive. And that's the sort of speed you need. And uh, the reason for the SSD speed, as I mentioned, is because you're accessing your data from flash memory chips rather than that outdated spinning platter. Well worth considering as well. We did uh, we did speak to our friends at Crucial who do supply SSD drives and RAM. It is surprisingly easy to do, by the way. Uh, you can ask an expert to do it if you're not confident, but if you want to give it a try yourself, it is pretty simple to do. So Crucial sell both the SSDs, the solid-state drives, as well as the RAM. You need to check the RAM is right for the computer you're running, whether it's a Mac, whether it's a PC, whatever you happen to be doing. You need the right RAM to suit that computer. Not all RAM is created equal. You need the right RAM for your machine, uh, your make of machine, and your operating system. So the experts at Crucial can tell you that. SSD, uh, all you need to decide there is the size, the capacity, I should say, of your drive. So uh, the more you get, obviously, the higher the capacity, the more expensive it's going to be. But just remember how fast it's going to be, how much you can store on it, and how much better your computer is going to run. If you want to read more about that story, we've written it up at techguide.com.au. And that is the end of our show for this week. Of course, you can read about everything we've spoken about at our great website, techguide.com.au, and get in touch with us. You can send us a voice bite, which you can access through Tech Guide, or send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. If you send us a voice bite, I promise I will play your voice on the Tech Guide podcast. Special thanks. We want to give a shout-out to Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.